Holiday Let Success, episode 30. The Definitive Guide to Holiday Let Success. From interviews with successful holiday homeowners and industry experts to useful and usable ideas, resources and discussion. Hello and welcome to the Holiday Let Success podcast. It's Elaine Watt here and it's a great pleasure to to be here with you and to welcome you to today's show. Now, I've been chatting with a guy called Jasper Ribbers. Jasper, and I'm saying Jasper because that's how it's spelled, so you you recognize it when you read it. But in actual fact, his name is said Jasper. Jasper is from Amsterdam and he rents out his home on the Airbnb website and he's been doing this so successfully that he's actually given up his full-time job and all he does is travel the world and it's financed around him having been able to rent out his home so successfully on Airbnb. So I wanted to to share this episode with you. Now I got on with uh, with Jasper and he his he's a great guy to chat to. He knows so much about Airbnb and a lot of the lessons on Airbnb are actually very they they translate to the other channels that we might use and he really gives us some tips and ideas that translate well that and he helps us to think slightly differently I feel in this episode. Now, we were chatting for over an hour, so what I've done is I've split the podcast down into two halves. There'll be the first half today, and we mainly talk about Airbnb, the background of Airbnb, how it started, the review system, super hosting, what type of person um, comes and stays in Airbnb, and and bit of background there. And then tomorrow's episode, I'll release the second half, and it's about how we can use Airbnb to our advantage as holiday home owners. He also shares the lessons that he has learned around Airbnb. And like I said at the beginning, these lessons really do translate across the board to whichever channel you're using and to your own website. And he really makes us think a little bit differently about pricing, particularly one that stands out in my head. Try to make us look and think differently. Really keep on top of that calendar. So let's go and listen to the first half now and we will come back and speak to Jasper again tomorrow on the second half. Thank you for listening and I will chat to you again at the end of part two. Bye for now. Great pleasure today to welcome Jasper Ribbers to the Holiday Let Success podcast. Hey Jasper, how are you? I'm great, uh, Elaine. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. It's a pleasure's all mine. It's it's great to have you here. Now, just a bit about Jasper. He's an Airbnb genius, and because of this, he's now a full-time traveller. He fell in love back in with Airbnb back in 2012, and he was so amazed by the freedom that the site allowed him, he actually wrote a book on how to do it. The book's called Get Paid for Your Pad, and then he started a podcast of the same name. Jasper was soon approached by Airbnb themselves, and he's since visited their HQ. Between fun on his travels and managing his time in Amsterdam from a distance using Airbnb, he now focuses on showing others how to use Airbnb to their best advantage. So excited to have you here, Jasper. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came across Airbnb, how it's changed your life and, and your work into what it is today. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I used to be in finance, working in uh, in Amsterdam in the Netherlands and also in Chicago in the U.S. And about five years ago, I decided that uh, sitting behind a bunch of flat screens in an office wasn't exactly what uh, I wanted uh, for my life. So I decided to quit my job and started traveling, something that I've always wanted to do. And uh, after a few years, I... You know, I, I realized that I had to start making some money in order to be able to sort of sustain this lifestyle because I really didn't want to go back to like a normal nine to five job. Yeah. Now, at the time, I was renting out my apartment in Amsterdam or just on to long term renters, which really didn't bring in enough money for me to be able to support myself. So what I did is I tried to make money with all sorts of other things online projects and I was doing SEO, I had a web shop, all sorts of things and you know some things worked, some things didn't. But it wasn't really something that I was passionate about. You know, I was I was really just trying to make money. Until I came across Airbnb and there was there was really three things why three reasons why I I was interested in Airbnb. And the first one was because I figured it the return would be better. But also I wanted to have the flexibility to stay in my own house when I was back in Amsterdam. And when you're renting out to long-term renters, you you really don't have that flexibility. Yeah, yeah. When you when you just said that you went for the for the long-term rental, I thought, ooh, you know, that that's that's no going back then, is it? Or having to stay with friends or family, or sort of losing an element of your your flexibility and your freedom. Exactly. Yeah. And and yeah. And, and also, uh, I was I was a little bit worried because. Um, in Holland, the, the, the laws are very uh, strong to protect the, the renters. So if somebody rents your house and is staying there for more than six months or so, uh, it's very hard to get that person out if you, if you want to move back, right? Okay. So, so those are really the three reasons that I wasn't really happy with the long-term rental situation. And so I, I figured I'd, I'll give Airbnb a try. And... Uh, yeah, and it just uh, it just took off right from the beginning. Uh, I did I did some research, and I really wanted to sort of create the best results for myself. So I spent quite a lot of time and effort figuring out, you know, what what are guests looking for? How do I use the Airbnb platform to to get a lot of bookings to build a strong reputation? And it worked uh, brilliantly. Uh, within a few months, I was I was making uh, almost three times as much as the long term renter. And uh, it was it was really enough for me to um, to quit all the other things I was doing. So I I sold my web shop and I kind of stopped with everything else I was doing and just focused on Airbnb for a while, and that really paid off for me. Wow, that sounds like a, a real turnaround. And, and the fact that you were then able to get rid of those things you weren't really that passionate about, you know, the web shop, etc., the little things that you were trying on the side. I mean, that's just a, that's, that's a huge turnaround. So we can see really from the beginning why you got this love for, for Airbnb and how it's made such a big impact on your life. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's not just the, the financial component uh, I'd, like to, uh, I'd like to add. It is also, you know, just being able to offer people from all around the world uh, a place to stay and, and to experience my neighborhood, which, you know, my neighborhood is, is, is really cool. It's called The Pipe, and it's, it's a really awesome neighborhood. 
you know. So it's it's really cool to be able to share that with people. And also, I've made a lot of friends through Airbnb hosting as well. So all the yeah. financial aspect, it's just also a really cool way to to meet people from all around the world, and it it just feels very fulfilling. You know, to get emails from people that they had a great time and they really, uh, you know, appreciated the, all the effort that I put in to make sure that, uh, that my guests uh, have a great stay. So that's also a really cool thing. Sounds like it. So it's really, really rewarding to be able to, to give people some amazing memories from, from your home. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been invited by many of my former guests to stay at their place, you know, for free. <laughs> so Wow. You know, that just shows how uh, appreciated people uh, are as, uh, when you open up your home. Okay. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, it sounds like you've made such a, such a great business out of this. Can you tell us exactly what Airbnb is for those listeners who've maybe heard of it, got a bit of an idea what it's about, but not really gotten around to diving in and having a real look for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think the easiest way to describe it is, Airbnb is a peer-to-peer um, apartment rental website, um, but it's not just apartment; it's it's any space really. So you can you can rent out your room, you can rent out a whole house, you can rent out even a couch. So it's really a, a platform that connects travelers with people who have a place to sleep on offer. So. That's just how it works, and there's a lot of freedom, you know. Like you can, you can create a listing. You can completely control who you want to rent out to. You can control when you want to rent out to people. You can control the pricing. So it's really uh, the website really turns you into, like, uh, into uh, being owning like a little bed and breakfast almost. That, right. So that it makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. So you've got you've got complete control from this this hub that Airbnb give you, where you can see your calendar, you can check who it is that's coming in, who's staying, who's going. Absolutely. And really, really have complete control from from your from wherever you are, as is proved yeah. by you, because you you do a lot of travelling now. So, so yeah, yeah that's absolutely. really well described. I, I, I manage my house on my on my iPhone. Fantastic. So can you tell us a bit about the background of Airbnb, uh, when it started, how it started, who's looking after it now and where it's headed? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a really cool story how it started. Um, the, the founders, and I think Brian Chesky is probably uh, the most famous one of the, of the founders, but there was, there, was, there was two of them in the beginning. And they were living in San Francisco and there was a conference in town. And the hotel rooms were, were all booked. And these guys, they were, they were kind of having trouble paying, you know, paying for the rent. And so they came up with this idea. They thought, you know what, if we just put a, an airbed in our living room and we just go on Greclist and, and we offer our, our airbed as a place to sleep. So, and so they did. And they, you know, they had some guests. Um, they made some money, and they thought, wow, this is a really cool concept. So they initially called it Air, Bed, and Breakfast. Okay. Which is really funny because, you know, nowadays a lot of people, when they think Airbnb, they think like, oh, you're, you know, you rent out your house or you rent out a private room. But you can still rent out an airbed or, or a couch, you know, and that's how it started, really. So. 
Or a treehouse. I've seen treehouses on that. I mean, right now there's there's all sorts of stuff on there. Like you can you can sleep in an airplane. You can sleep in a castle. <laughs> there's you know you you can't name it or it's on it's on Airbnb. It's it's uh, it is. If you if you get chance to go and have a look through Airbnb, anyone listening, genuinely anything you have ever wanted to stay in, it's on Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. It's uh. It's it's pretty funny when you create your listing, you have to sort yeah. of select what type of property you have, and I think there's a a drop down menu shows up. And there's like 50 different choices. Think, <laughs> you know, some of the things, some of things I've never heard about even, like you know the, the, those those little houses that the Native Americans used to sleep in. We call them oh, yeah. TP or uh, TP. Yeah, exactly. Like those type of places are are on it too. So it's really funny. Yeah, really funny and so cool. Can you imagine going to stay in something like that just for just for the experience? Yeah. And and I, and I guess that's what's so appealing about it in lots and lots of ways. What what was it? What year was it that Airbnb actually started? I thought, I think they started in two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay. So, it's okay. I'll I'll check that. Don't worry. I'll put that in the show notes so we all know exactly when it started. Okay, so it's it's definitely a real, and from what we've just been saying, it's it's turned into a bit of a global phenomena, and it's truly giving hotels a run for their money. And Airbnb, they've really ruffled some feathers. There's there's new laws being put into place specifically to handle people who are micro subletting, which is the, the term that's sort of used on Airbnb um, or for Airbnb, I guess. Can you tell us what you think subletting is? I mean, subletting, in my, in my opinion, is just uh, somebody who's renting uh, a house and then rents it to somebody else. Okay. And okay. That's, that's yeah. So, but this is uh, you can do this in various ways, right? You have tons of people who are subletting on on Craigslist for like a month or two, you know, when they're out of town or they uh, they have to move somewhere else for a couple months. So I think the whole subletting thing is uh, is a well-known phenomenon. Uh, mm-hmm. It's with with uh, with Airbnb and you know some other platforms showing up. It just become a lot more easy, I think, to to do because you no longer have to go on Craigslist and find mm. somebody. You don't really have to do your own marketing because there's so many people, so many people on the platform, right? So it's kind of like uh, the platform takes over your marketing. Yeah, got it. So what do you think about the impact that Airbnb is having around the world? Do you think it's a good thing? Um, could it be bad in certain areas? What's your, what's your opinion? Because it really has changed some areas for just, just, I mean, really changed the face of, say, a city where the, the dominating place to stay was hotels. That's now yeah. no longer the case. Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, I think Airbnb is, is disruptive. Um, and what I, what I mean by that is, that it changes the, the the dynamics of of the whole travel industry, you know, the whole accommodation, vacation rentals, etc. And uh, I think when something's disruptive, just like some other sharing economy platforms like Uber and uh, you know some other ones, um, what happens is there's a transition period where the local authorities they don't really know how to deal with it. Nobody really knows how to how to deal with this and what the effects are. And I think during this transitional period, there there's definitely some areas where there there are negative consequences for for certain people. Um, for example, um, 
you know, because it's so it's so affordable right now because there's I think there's a shortage of, of hosts still. So uh, so you, you can charge quite a lot because the gap uh, to the hotels is so big, right? You can you can charge quite a lot and still be cheaper than a hotel. So yeah. I think what what happens in some areas is that you know landlords realize this and just like just like I don't want to rent my house out in the long term anymore. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of other landlords who also uh, feel the same way. So, you know, for the people who are living in uh, an apartment where the landlord now doesn't want to uh, extend the contract because he wants to do Airbnb, then obviously that's not good for the for the person who's renting it, right? Yeah, of course. And so, you know, I think when there's when there's disruption, there's always negative consequences. Um, but I think in the long term, it, it, it is a good thing for the world because of a few reasons. First of all, I think uh, staying in somebody's house and connecting with somebody from a different part of the world can only bring good things. You know, a lot of a lot of people are still a little bit xenophobic. You know, they, they especially people who haven't traveled themselves. And to give you an example, uh, I had a woman on my podcast who had never left her state, and she lives in a very small village in, in the U.S., and she had never met a foreigner, right? And now for everybody, right. she's, she's hosted people from New Zealand, from Russia, from India, and, and from all sorts of other countries. So as you can imagine, you know, um, I think uh, uh, fear comes from the, from, from the unknown, right? We, we, if you've Definitely. never met a person from another country, then... You know, you're going to be a little bit fearful of that. So, and so by connecting people from all around the world, I think, I think uh, Airbnb is is a very a very good thing. But also from the perspective of efficiency. Now, because you you only need one place to stay at any point in time, right? So let's yeah. say let's say that you have a house and you go on vacation one month a year. Now, what happens to your house during that time? It's empty. No one's using it, right? Yeah. So if you put it on Airbnb and you have somebody from, you know, some other part of the world staying in your house, now suddenly your your house as a as a resource is not is not wasted during that month. It's being used. And I think in a time where um, where we really have to become more aware of, you know, using the resources that we have in the most efficient way possible, I think it's a really good thing that um, that accommodations worldwide are being used in a more efficient way by allowing people to uh, to have other people stay in their house when they're not using it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And thinking of the, the lady that you mentioned who'd never actually been outside of her state, I mean, she's going to be a changed woman. And it, it reminded me of um, a quote that I've recently seen from Mark Twain, which is just incredible. And it really highlights what we just talked about there. And that is travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry and narrow mindedness. So that just shows how it can really change someone's life really bring the world together and I do think that's one of the huge positive effects that Airbnb is having and then as you say just the the efficiency of using a place it's just uh, really really changing things for the better yeah absolutely and it's it's uh, and it's the case for all these sharing economy platforms you know think about the car sharing for example um, 90% of the time a car is parked you know and, and think about the you know busy cities like New York 
where there's, never, there's nowhere to park. And then think, to think that 90% of the time, the, the car is being parked, like just using up space and not doing anything, you know, it, it, it's, it just seems like completely ridiculous, right? Yeah, so, definitely. So I think all those, uh, all these sharing economy platforms are going to, you know, just be really beneficial uh, to, to the world in, in yeah. the long term. Although there, there yeah. are definitely some disruptions in, in the short term, I think. But, uh, but yeah, definitely in the long term, I think this is really good. Yeah, so I think, yeah, you're right. Change is always difficult. It's always hard to, to go through in, in lots and lots of ways. But as soon as you get over that, then it's usually for the better. So do you think, you know, we were talking about micro subletting. Is that the most, would you think, is the most popular type of place on Airbnb? Would you think Airbnb is solely for the micro subletters? Is, is that the best thing? Well, one of the things I really like about Airbnb is the, the flexibility. Um, you can really use it in lots of different ways. So to give you some examples, me personally, I, I rent out my house like 11 months out of the year. So it's mm-hmm. almost like a full-time thing. But there's a, a lot of other ways to do it. You know, People do it, for example, only when they go on holiday, or you can rent out not your your whole apartment you can rent out a spare room right if you have a you just have a spare room and, and you use it to store some stuff um, you can uh, you can clean up the room put a bed in there and, and suddenly you know you could be making like 30 40 50 dollars a night which could you know in some cases almost cover your rent you know so there's a there's a lot of flexibility you can you can even just uh, have somebody crashing your couch I know a girl who can't afford her rent, but she doesn't want to move. So what she did is uh, she rents out her bedroom. She has a one-bedroom apartment, and when it's rented out, she just sleeps on the couch in the living room. All right. So it's, no it's really way. it's really empowering for for people. And I, I, another cool example: uh, a girl in uh, Oxford uh, that I had on my podcast. She she uses uh, a house. Carers.com. I don't know if you've, you've heard of this. It's, it's a house no. site. So, so basically, people are looking uh, for for other people to look after their house when they're on holiday, because uh, you know they might have some pets or plants that need watering, or they just worry about burglary or something. So this girl, she rents out her own house on Airbnb, and then she stays for free looking after other people's houses. Oh my uh, gosh, that's finan- so clever. Yeah, and then she finances her her study with that, you know. And um, wow. and so, so people are using it to change their futures. Yeah, no, it's it's very empowering, you know. And I I can go on and on with with examples. And just to mention one other really cool example is yeah. uh, actually my my co-host of the of the podcast and also the co-author of of the book. His name is Josefa, and he lives in Los Angeles, and he has a two bedroom that he shares with with a buddy. Now. What other than like renting it out when he's when he's he's away and his roommate is away as well, what they do is they list their place on the weekends, and if somebody books it, they drive to Vegas and they they spend uh, the exact same the exact amount of money that they earn from renting out their place on Airbnb that weekend to to go party in Vegas. Wow! So <laughs> you know it's just it's just mind blowing you know how many different possibilities and, and opportunities there are and it's really up to your own uh, creativity to uh, to take advantage of it so to go back to your question um, you know is, is Airbnb for micro subletting or is it for you know like uh, 
uh, full-time uh, renting out your house. It, it, I don't think there's a real answer to that because because you can you know you can, there's so many different ways of using the platform. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, you've really shown that it's not just one particular place that does well. It's it's just how far I mean the platform is going to do amazingly well because it's it's just created this incredible phenomena and this huge community and then as you say it's just down to your creativity and how how far you can go with it and you've just given some amazing examples that shows that really there is no end you can just just keep thinking of different ways and you can either use it for your future or you know use it for fun like your your co-host Husafa mm-hmm. yeah. after after party <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> exactly so there's another side to this as well if you're you're thinking about the the safety issues so so how does safety work with airbnb you know if there's there's micro sublettings going on and you're you're potentially having strangers staying with you what has airbnb put into place to help handle this um well there's a different there's a number of different layers of protection that you can sort of implement first of all um, you are always in control of who you, who you let stay at your house. So Airbnb has profiles with verifications. So when you create your profile, you can connect your account to Facebook, to LinkedIn, to Google. You can put, you can verify your phone number, your email. And so uh, when when you get like a booking request, you can actually look at that person and and, and see who that person is, um, you know, and uh, and also. Uh, the Airbnb works with reviews, so you can look at uh, some of the reviews that the, this person has had in the past to to get a better idea and you know feel more comfortable knowing something about your about your potential guest. And I know that some hosts actually use this as a very strict rule. Like for example, they won't allow anyone to stay at their house unless they have at least one positive review. Okay. And so that's kind of like the first sort of uh, layer of protection that you have. Um, but it goes further than that. First of all, Airbnb has a, uh, a guarantee in place. And what this means is that if you rent out your house or your room and your guest suddenly decides to, I don't know, set your house on fire or something, yeah, you know, I don't think it's ever happened, but uh, I was gonna say I, I'm sure. I really hope that's never happened. <laughs> right, but uh, you know, like there's been a few cases where you know guests have have been misbehaving, causing damage, and so maybe happens, they've been drinking or yeah. I mean, you know, it, I mean, I think Airbnb has had over 15 million stays, and and so it would almost be weird if if out of those easily they were all yeah exactly so and obviously the when it goes wrong it shows up in the newspapers and stuff so if you google you'll you'll find some incidences of uh you know of people uh doing bad things but what uh what Airbnb has is they have a guarantee in place that sort of insures you up to a million dollars okay. but it's it's not really like an insurance because they only they only pay out if your own uh insurance doesn't pay um, but uh, what I've heard so far is there's been so few incidences that um, that Airbnb has been pretty generous with the with their payouts because they you know they don't really want that publicity right so yeah I've heard I've heard some stories of, I know some people who have had certain issues and uh, and in all those cases Airbnb has has come forward and 
you know, and paid, uh, paid for all the damages, which is a smart thing to do, I think, because you just need a few stories. And like I said, you know, when things go wrong, it, 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 it always shows up in the media much, uh, much quicker than, than, than if everything goes well, right? And the good stuff. Yeah, I absolutely. So. And I, I think, I think that's such a, a good move on that part in that it doesn't just keep the individuals happy but it really shows their commitment to becoming and staying as good as they are yeah and it's uh you know it's, it's in their own best interest from a business perspective i think to to do that because uh, there's so few uh instances where it goes wrong and where they have to pay some damages that it's it's really not a big deal for them but mm. uh but it really helps uh you know, preventing like damage to their image as a brand. So I think it only makes yeah. sense for them to uh, to sort of do it this way. Yeah, totally. I completely understand that. And it is great to know that they, they have put these different layers into place. So that puts your mind at ease. You can sort of meet the person before they come and stay and you can read a little bit about them. Um, you can also look at the reviews and, and the review system is absolutely brilliant. Can you explain how the review system works and how Airbnb have managed to use this to create a, like a real community? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when you stay at an Airbnb, um, the host and as well as the guest can leave a review uh, after, after checkout. And there's like a review uh, period of 14 days. And what's, what's really good about it, I think, is that you can't see the other person's review until you have uh, posted your review. And, and the reason why I think this is good is because that removes sort of the fear of retaliation and, you know, I get some questions about this sometimes from people. They say, well, you know, I had a guest staying at my place and, you know, he, he didn't really do anything really bad. But, you know, he, 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 didn't, he wasn't very clean and, like, he, it was kind of hard to communicate with him. So somebody, the host doesn't really want to leave a five-star review. But then they worry that if they leave a sub-optimal review that the the you know, the guest is going to retaliate and leave a better review for the host as well, right? Yeah. And yeah. that used to be the case, but Airbnb has now changed it. So you can't see the other person's review until you've either posted your own review or if the 14-day review uh, period has passed. And, and so if you don't leave a review in that period, then you will no longer have the option to do so. So this really uh, sort of ensures that, uh, that people can be really honest. And I think that's really important because the review system it only goes, uh, only helps if it's if it's honest, right? If Absolutely. And you know, I, I mean, in a lot of uh, a lot of other products, like online products, you you'll see a lot of fake reviews, right? Because it's very easy to write a fake review. I can go on Amazon, for example, and if I don't like somebody who published a book, I can just go on there and write a really bad review for his book without even buying the book. Right. Okay. And that's not possible in Airbnb because you can only leave a review if you have actually stayed at that person's place. Yeah, that's huge, isn't it? And, and that really does that. The, the such honesty around those reviews really does build a community, and it does give a true picture of what you will be getting when you get to go and stay at this particular listing. So I, I think that that's huge. I think it's such a a good move to to have that sort of blind review system. 
So the the reviews, as you you were sort of mentioning there, can have a real impact on your own listing. Say you've listed something out and you've got a series of five star reviews. You keep going that way. You can actually get to a certain level that Airbnb are put in place called Superhost. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about becoming a Superhost and what that actually can mean for your listing as an Airbnb host? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So Airbnb has a program, they call it Superhost, and in order to qualify for uh, for the Superhost status, you need to have at least 80% of your reviews uh, or ratings, because a review is really, it has a written part, but it also has a rating where your, you know, your listing will get rated uh, on... So five, like a star system. Yeah, on five different aspects. And there, I think there's four conditions. Um, you you can't cancel any reservations. So if somebody books your place and you cancel it in the last 12 months, then you won't uh, you won't get the super uh, host status. Um, so that's the second condition. So 80 80% five star reviews, uh, no cancellations. You need to have a 90% response rate, which means that. Uh, um, you know, you you can only, well, you should always respond to every single message. So your response rate should really be 100%. But it needs to be at least 90% uh, in order to uh, uh, to get the, the superhost status. And then also you need to have at least 10 trips in the past uh, 12 months, I believe. So if okay. you if you qualify on all those four uh, conditions, then then you get a little badge. On your on your listing, um, so I uh, I do think that the that this whole super host thing is is probably a little bit overrated because you really don't need to be a super host to do well. I, I'm not a super host. I have I think 77 percent five star ratings or something. You know, mm-hmm. so you really don't need to uh, to to be a super host to be successful. It's nice to have the badge, but I don't think it really matters that much, you know, like people will just look at the reviews and, you know, if you have like four and a half out of five stars instead of five, I don't really think that people are going to not book your place if they see yeah. 150 people who've written a positive review about you, then that's not really going to matter that much, I think. Understood. And does the, the superhost status have a, make a difference to your listing in Airbnb? Are you more likely to be found in search results, for example? Well, Airbnb does not uh, publicly uh, really explain how their algorithm works. Um, they do mention a few things. Uh, so, you know, for example, your response rate is, is really important and keeping your calendar up to date and, and just being a very active host on the platform in general. I don't know if they, if they uh, sort of give Superhost a little bump in the rankings. I, I would actually be surprised if they do. Um, but it's possible. We, yeah, we, we don't really know. Okay, okay, interesting. So we, we mentioned that Airbnb has made this real community, and I, I guess that it would attract like a certain type of person. What, what, are these, what are the people like that are part of the Airbnb community? What, what sort of person uses Airbnb? You know, what, is their, what are their attitudes? What's your experience been of people that have come to stay at your place from Airbnb? Well, in general, I would say they, they're just very good people. Um, you know, I think Airbnb has sort of cultivated a community of, 
of travel loving, uh, quite uh, uh, people who are quite aware of like the environment, uh, people who love you know meeting other people, uh, very social people, very educated. Um, that's kind of my impression. Uh, I think a lot of uh, people who use Airbnb are also um, I'm not sure exactly what the right word is, but um, kind of I would almost say like a little like to the hipster side a lot of the times. But the hipster yeah. is not a good word, but I I don't know how to explain it. But you know, just in general, people who who live uh, who are aware of like environment and um, you know and 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 who love sharing. So it's not the uh, but also but also people who. A lot of people who uh, who use Airbnb who travel on business, you know. So it's it's hard to sort of like you know generalize, I think. But uh, but in general, it's just the people I've met are just really really good people, you know, really friendly, very appreciative. Um, you know, they're usually very respectful of of, of my personal space. And um, you know, it's funny because on my podcast, I always ask Airbnb hosts if they had any worries. You know, before they started hosting, and 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 they always say, well, I was kind of worried that, you know, I, I'd get some like bad people in my house who would, uh, you know, either harm me or my house or steal my stuff or, or whatsoever, you know. And it's it's understandable because I felt the same thing, you know. When I got my first guest, I was thinking, what if they go to to a store and they copy the keys and then they give the keys to like somebody they know in my town and and tomorrow all my stuff is gone, right? Yeah. So I understand those worries, and there are definitely legitimate concerns. But uh, but after meeting so many people who use Airbnb, and you know, it's it's just uh, it's more the opposite. You know, if, if for example, I, I had guests who, for example, break a glass and they and they leave like ten dollars on the table, which they really don't have to, right? So yeah. it's 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 it surprised me more. It's more biased to the other side. It's almost like people do not. Um, do not take everything that you that you offer them. You know, like it's a. I mean, if if something breaks in my house, that's that's a calculated cost. You know, I know that's that's wear and tear. You know, some something yeah. can break. You know, and that's included in the price. People don't have to pay me for that, but they they almost always do, or they leave presents, or you know, and they always write amazing amazing emails and very thankful, appreciative. So yeah, yeah, ask yeah. me as in a positive way. Yeah, that's, uh, that that really reiterates to me the the real community and the spirit and the type of people that actually do use Airbnb. So yeah, thank you for for sharing those stories with us there.